When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Batter Welcome back to A Pot of Their Own. This is episode 129 of A Pot of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts, Linda Sarovich. Hello, Linda. Hey, Allison. And Kellyanne Healy. Hello, Kellyanne. Hello, Allison. Hello, Linda. Hello again, Kellyanne. Hello, hello. <laughs> it's been a long time. No say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I didn't see you almost like 10 hours ago. No. Yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Linda and Kelly and we're doing library things, you guys. Yeah, um, so you're doing we were. library stuff earlier. And I I tried to pitch a bubble machine to Linda because it's an amazing bubble machine. Yes, I got to play in a bunch of bubbles. Like yes. that's my job. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool, right? Um the uh the New York Mets continue to be good, which is nice. I mean, they are not they are not in the position that we thought that they would be in um, heading into today. Um, they are only five games up on the Atlanta Braves, but that is not because the Mets have played poorly. It is because the Braves and Phillies ripped off lengthy winning streaks. The Phillies winning streak was broken at what, eight games, nine games? I think it was nine. It was short of double digits. I know that, but I can't remember exactly how many. And the Braves winning streak is ongoing. Uh, it's at 11, uh, 12 and counting. I don't It's remember. 12. And it, it, as of right now, they are winning seven to three against the Nationals. Because they're the, the, 
playing the Washington Nationals who have given up on playing baseball this season. Life. <laughs> I, I was going to say life, but I was going to say both the Phillies, both the Phillies and the Braves have hit this um, spate in their schedule where they're playing all of the teams that have sort of rolled over at this point. Yeah. And I mean, they I don't want to go ahead, Linda. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say they haven't played anybody over 500. I yeah. think throughout their entire streak. Yeah, like during this like late May, early June stretch, both both teams have had pretty weak schedules. The Braves especially have had a very weak schedule. I don't want to take away from what they have accomplished because ripping off yeah. you know, a 9, 10, 11 game winning streak is difficult for any team against any competition. That's hard to do in a baseball season. Um, and so it the, it, it, it's a combination of. Uh, poor competition and them improving to be sure. But the Mets are in the hardest part of their schedule while the Braves and Phillies are in one of the easier parts of their schedule. So this was always going to happen to a certain extent. Um, But the fact that the Mets built up such a big lead to begin with means that this little stretch of, you know, them gaining five games in the course of two weeks hasn't hasn't substantially hurt the Mets all that much. And, you know, the Mets won 500 on their road trip. Like, that's, which is, I know people were like, you know, kind of freaking out because the Braves were catching up. But at the same time, it was an extended West Coast road trip. 500 was completely was excellent. Yeah. I was going to say that I'm counting that as a win. Me too. I mean, just because it's, it's not a June swoon. Like no. every year there's been a June swim. And it could have been considering the first day they're out there, Lenore slams his finger in a door. Oh my God. That the the whole injury scares, and I'm like happy that they were scares. That usually does not work out in the Mets' favor. And everybody came back. Lindor's back, Lonzo's back, Marte's back. Mm-hmm. When does that ever work out in the Mets' favor? Like right. never. Any other year, that would have been a disaster. Any yeah. other year, all these dudes would have been out for weeks. Like And that's the thing, like we talked about the Lindor and Scherzer uh, injuries, like, you know, like lesser injuries last week, um, because those had happened right before we recorded last week. And like those were both like very dumb injuries, too, that would have been like week long storylines if it had been any other season because Lindor was like slamming his finger in a door and Scherzer was the dog incident. But um, Alonzo, since then, since we last recorded, Pete Alonzo and Starling Marte both had injury scares of the more conventional type that occurred during the during the game. Um, and neither one missed substantial time. Neither one of them went on the injured list, which is incredible considering how bad they looked at the time. And also, I was concerned because was it last year or yeah, I'm pretty sure it was last year. Pete got hit on the hand, tried to play through it, and then it completely sapped his power until he went on the IL. Like, he finally admitted, like, oh, huh, maybe I was worse than I thought. So I was kind of afraid that that could happen again, and it hasn't. Like, he's been playing fine. Right. Well, spe- I was going to say, and speaking of Pete, he just single uh, got an RBI single. Bam, bam, 4 nothing Mets. Yep. That brought Marte in. Ha! Yep. And the Mets are, I mean, not to say that the rest of June is not difficult. It certainly is. The Mets have, I mean, you know, they're playing the Brewers right now, who are another team who are over 500. Um, they uh, they still have two series against the Astros on tap for this month, but they are past the worst of it. 
because they're past the long West Coast road trip where they played three teams in a row who are good. I mean, I know that the Angels lost the the Angels lost as many games in a row as the Braves have won heading into <laughs> the Mets series. Um, so they dropped off precipitously, but they're that is like criminal, a good baseball team, you know, like like Mike Trout and Shohei Otani are good at baseball, like, you know, and they they How fully you- went off in the game that the Mets lost. And like, I'm just kind of like, you know, like that's going to happen. You're going to give up home runs to Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. It is what it is. They won the series. Yeah. Well, and then they might have left out with Syndergaard needing rest. What the that hell? Was, that whole thing was so weird, man. That was. I mean, like, I'm I- not, to be clear, I am not mad at Noah Syndergaard for refusing to speak to the media. I could not care less about that because... Lord knows he is not the first, nor will he be the last person to not want to speak to the New York media. I have the deepest sympathy for anyone who feels that way. I just find it strange. And like, I find it strange. The weird too. avoidance of him pitching, not the weird, not yeah. the avoidance of the media. I like that is not strange to me at all. The whole like he needs extra rest. He's not going to yeah. pitch in the Mets series and we're not going to tell you why. It's just the way it is like I know he's coming off a an injury riddled season and you know is gonna need those extra days now and again it's just the timing of it is suspect and it's another it's gentle it's just another like notch in the belt of like the Mets are the feared team now like it's the same thing as when the Mariners like demoted Kellenic right before the Mets series like obviously it's not weird in the sense that like he it was deserved. He wasn't hitting, you know, it's not weird. Just like this Syndergaard thing isn't weird. He's going to need extra rest given the circumstances, but they both chose to do that so that it wouldn't be a storyline with the Mets. And I'm just like, huh, the Mets are like the team. Other teams are scared of right now. It's kind of cool. But knowing Syndergaard too, it just seemed odd to me because he was always like, you know, that, he had that like competitive fire. And I thought like, to me, the old Syndergaard would have wanted that game. Like wild horses wouldn't have been able to like drag him off the mound to face his old team and be like, especially since he, he was like, well, I never heard from the Mets. And like, when he wanted to show that they made a mistake that they let him go. Yeah. And I don't know. It just, it seemed out of character for him. I was like, man, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> it is genuinely. Weird. Maybe he genuinely needed rest. Rest. Maybe. it's possible it just just happens to fall that way especially considering like how much the Mets have seemingly lived in his head rent free this season because of the whole like it's not a real no hitter shit he pulled like earlier which you know again I think we talked about this at the time this is that was the type of thing that he did on the Mets like he was he's always been like this guys like I think the Mets fans like got really really mad about that and I was like this is who he is like he's always been a big shit talker and it's like it's one of those things that you love when he's on your team and you don't like it when he's on the other team but he tried to like tweet about how like or no he didn't tweet about it. he put on his Instagram story like this is what when an Angels pitcher did it like this is what a real no hitter looks like type of thing and so like you'd think for someone who's but you'd think for someone who's talking that much shit he'd want to face his old team yeah like that's what made it so weird like he purposely stirred shit and then ran away (laughs) which is kind that is kind of unlike him to like drop it in and run like he usually faces it uh, 
Well, he's, he's the same guy who said, meet me six feet, six, uh, six feet, six inches away. Well, right. he claimed, if I'm not mistaken, that it was in, there was no intentional reference to the Mets. Oh, come on. Oh, Nobody's I don't <laughs> believe yeah. that, Nobody's but I'm just that. saying what he's saying. Yeah, I don't that was him that. trying to backtrack, but nobody's buying it. And but like, then also, I think why has been being weird. Like they keep tracking what him and Strowman and Luke are doing. I'm like nobody cares. We're good. And we also, and also, like Syndergaard continues to engage with Richard's staff on Twitter. So like that's <laughs> the other thing. <laughs> But uh, that's uh, fine. Like that's funny and fun and like harmless. <laughs> no, it is. It's very funny. I, about it. It's very funny. I want him to keep doing it, but it's just like it, it's what makes it. It makes it all the more weird, considering like how yeah. much like he's been kind of like talking up this, you know, this like shit talking um, that he wouldn't face. Yeah, the Mets, but whatever. Yeah. He did us a favor, I guess. Yeah, um, I was gonna say like if you wanted to prove it you could have proved it and you didn't you didn't but yeah I, I you know i still have the sneaky sneaky suspicion he, he was like a sad puppy that'll make his way back home yeah i mean there's know, no way he's happy with how bad the angels are i mean he's the one that took that deal uh thankfully for him it's a one-year deal with i don't think there are any options attached to it um, it's just a pure one-year deal to get him to showcase him post Tommy John. Yeah. So Loop actually had some really sweet things to say. He was like, he tried to hold the angels off as long as possible because he wanted to come back. I know. I'm peeved at that one. <laughs> I was like, oh, Loop. And but yeah. then again, even though Mets- he's not good this year, but I know. And he, <laughs> his own- he was really good early and he, was, then he had yeah. a couple and then really bad outings. Yeah. 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 And then he has his own little bush light mini fridge. I was going to say he's got a sweet gig with the angels. He's got his own bush light mini fridge, which is like pretty sweet. <laughs> that's his. That's I love it. I know it warms my heart to see that, you know, he's got his he's got his bush lights. And I, I think he was even bad against the Mets. They bought him in. I think they scored a couple runs off of him or at least one run. And I like and I do think that Syndergaard, despite the like bravado that always fit in well with New York, I do think like he's definitely got SoCal vibes. So I do think he's like fitting <laughs> yeah. in well with the angels. Like, you know, they, they, um, they wore their, their city connects against the Mets and they like, you know, they had the like um, photo shoot of them. You know how teams always have like their photo shoots where they debut them um, on social media before they wear them for the first time. And in the like photo, Syndergaard isn't wearing any shoes and he's just like standing on the beach in his bare feet, which I'm just like, <laughs> that's extremely like weird shit that he would do like he's just kind of like a weird like socal himbo who's like meat and like I, I, like yeah, the guy with like no shirt on all the time <laughs> yeah yeah who like who like eats keto and talks about like macros and stuff online <laughs> like he's that Jeez. guy oh, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> which i feel like fits in with that those vibes um but you know so the mess uh had this 500 West Coast road trip, which I think anyone would say is a po- is a positive. If you had gone into it saying the Mets will be 500 on this road trip, I think any Mets fan would say, I'll take that. Um, 
And the Mets, uh, aside from the like Alonzo and Marte injury scares ending up being fine, the Mets have gotten a slew of positive injury news lately um, with uh, all their players who are on the injured list, basically. Um, DeGrom and Scherzer are on their way back. Um, DeGrom threw a bullpen today um, and will throw what they call a, quote, up and down bullpen on Friday, meaning it's like more simulating a real game because he gets up, he throws like 15 to 20 pitches, he sits for a little bit to simulate the like break between innings. And then he gets up and he throws 15, 20 more pitches. So he's going to do that next. And then obviously, like, I think as long as that goes fine, like he's going to go on a rehab assignment. Um, and Scherzer, I hope, sorry. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, and I really hope it happens next week because the St. Lucie Mets are playing the Palm Beach Cardinals. So I want to see some Twitter drama. Oh, oh my no. God. Yes. Palm Beach that would be so funny. Oh my God. The content. Shirts are in DeGrom back to back. Imagine if the Palm oh. Beach Cardinals face DeGrom and Scherzer back to back. The <laughs> they, tweets, they, would, they would just cry. The tweets are going to be so good. <laughs> I hope that happens. I just hope that happens. It's going to be amazing. But yeah, Scherzer is in a similar spot as DeGrom, incredibly enough. And like uh, Steve Cohen even hinted like no one's said this outright, but Steve Cohen today during the broadcast came to the closest to saying it. Um, They actually interviewed Steve Cohen because he was there with the um, the every year that during June, they do an interview with that guy who runs the prostate cancer yeah. foundation, like ahead of father's day and about Michael, like, you know, Michael, uh, I forget his M. name, Michael, Michael M. Milken or something. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Something just, like that. I just looked this up because we were discussing it in the game thread. Um, Michael Milken. But yeah, that's that's an appropriate name during the during that same interview, like Steve Cohen was just like there with him. And so they talked to Steve Cohen and Steve Cohen came the closest to saying like outright that Scherzer is actually going to be back first. He like hinted at that. Um, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, Scherzer's in a similar spot as DeGrom. He's back with the team in New York. He's throwing on flat ground. He he could be nearing a minor league rehab assignment, as could DeGrom. And, it, and Scherzer's going to need fewer of them. He's He said that he hopes to only need one, which is absolutely nuts. Uh, like Scherzer's going to end up if, if all goes well, you know, knock on all the wood, but if all goes according to the current plan, like Scherzer's going to beat the initial timeline by like at least two weeks, which is nuts. Um, I figured something was up when was it his wife tweeted oh we're headed back to New York I was like wait a second and then all of a sudden their shirts are throwing today I was like hmm it is um, I think it came out today actually like just a couple hours ago that he did have a platelet rich injection the PRP injection yes he did yes uh, the play- well, and I did play- like his answer too when they're like, "Are you pleased with this progress?" And he goes, "No, I'm not back. <laughs> I'm not back, so I'm not happy." Which is exactly a Max Scherzer thing to say. Yes. Like, oh my god, it's awesome! Play- <laughs> like you're insane. Like you're probably ahead of schedule, and he's still not happy. Well, he's insane, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah, platelet-rich plasma. That's yep, PRP. Um, and it said, and and he said it really helped. So like, it helped a lot. So that's good. Um. And, you know, we've got uh, on top of that, um, we've got Trevor May is throwing as well. Um, he 
he which, did respond to somebody, but it was not the same guy. <laughs> yeah, no, he 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 did tweet. So like the source is once again, literally Trevor May. He did tweet that he's throwing. He like tweeted like first day of throwing with like the flexing emoji or something like that. But it was not at Sleepy Corn Pop, unfortunately. Oh, oh yes, Sleepy Corn Pop. It was Dang, not Sleepy it. Corn Pop providing us with the update, but it was an update nonetheless. Um, And so he's he's throwing. I mean, he's obviously like far behind. He's like pretty far behind like DeGrom and Scherzer because he got injured after like way after DeGrom. So he's like kind of far behind, but like he's throwing, which is a really good sign. And James McCann was seen taking batting practice at City Field today and is nearing a minor league rehab assignment himself. So like that's the first like time we've heard even a peep about James McCann. But like it was like nothing like crickets silence for weeks. And I was like, oh, he's almost back. And you're like, oh, OK, neat. <laughs> I just just like that we're not getting like the insane updates, like like the weekly updates, I guess. I feel like the healing time or the rehab assignments and whatnot are media wise way more under control and way more under wraps than they have that than they have been in the past. I agree. Yeah, they've definitely got like got that under control, like which the narrative, great. which is good. They're not just like randomly leaking like these weird cryptic updates like they used to, um, which is nice. Like, yeah, from a fan perspective, it's like, just tell me when you have something to tell me. Like, come on. Um, I just want Jake and Scherzer back by July 3rd because that's the <laughs> next game I'll be going to. There you go. <laughs> The next and, game and I'm going to is the Keith Hernandez retirement number retirement on July 9th. So that feels like a good bet for at least Scherzer, if not both of them. Yeah, I think Scherzer, Scherzer's like could be back in like two weeks. So yes, maybe. it is entirely possible. Because that's my niece and nephew. That's going to be my their first game. So yeah, they could get like a Jake or Scherzer starter. That would be really fine <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if the mets decide like oh we need to pitch scherzer against like in the astros series um because that's like kind of in the timeline that it would be but yeah um but yeah I, having the only time i've seen scherzer is when he was with the nationals and let me tell you that was a long day at the ballpark <laughs> yeah <laughs> Because he was pitching against Logan Verrett. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. God. And it was <laughs> awful. I was blessed enough to see his very first start as a Met. So hopefully Ooh. there will be many more to come. Well, um, Bassett just got another sweet double play to get out of trouble. So yeah. we'd love to see that. Um, we are I now love double through, plays. through six, four nothing Mets. Um, the only bad injury news the Mets have gotten of, of late is that, um, Colin Holderman went on the injured list with a shoulder impingement, uh, RIP to Michael's dude, um, (laughs) which is not the greatest, obviously like it's not good because Trevor may still not back and the bullpen is already showing cracks and they have not performed well. Um, during they did not perform well on the West Coast road trip. Like there was a lot of bad bullpenning happening. Um, but like of all the guys to have bad injury updates on, like I suppose that's not the worst thing. 
Um, and Holderman himself seemed to think it was a relatively minor thing that he just needs some time. Um, that it's not going to be like an extended absence, but yeah, the bullpen is looking real thin. They need Trevor May back. Basically like Edwin Diaz continues to be dominant, but outside that the bullpen has issues, which we knew. <laughs> like, I don't even know who you could target at the trade. I mean, you got to make a move. You need, you need. Yeah. They need bullpen there. help at the deadline. Ex- Absolutely. Like, but who are you giving up? For oh, it because I wouldn't cost that much. No. Uh, unless you're aiming for like I don't know, like one of the top. Relievers. Yeah, I mean, unless you're trying to trade know. for like for like um one of the like top closers, then I the relief help doesn't cost that much, honestly. Um, I was surprised that Jake Reed got the call instead of Adonis Medina, but I think the reason for that is because um. They have the new option rules this year that there's limits on how many times you can option a guy back down to AAA. And so I think that they were nervous that they were approaching that limit with Medina too soon because I think they've already optioned him down like three times at least. And it's five is the option limit, I think. And so and Jake Reed, I think, had only been called up and, and subsequently sent down once. So they were like, all right, we'll burn one of the options on Reed and not on Medina yet. I think now I only hear JD saying Medina every time I hear Medina. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> he was so happy. <laughs> JD continues to be red hot, although he's sitting he today. Yes, that was another positive out of the road trip was we got we got a hot JD and we got a goofy JD back. Yes. Yes. Our favorite, our favorite kinds of JD. Yeah. So the full J- the full JD experience <laughs> is now back. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So the the starting rotation, like if we're talking about the West Coast road trip and like what caused them to be 500 rather than, you know, winning more games, like this, the starting rotation is really starting to miss DeGrom and Scherzer, which we expected. There was some poor pitching performances out of the rotation and also out of the bullpen. Um, when it comes to the offense, though, they mostly, besides getting like completely shut down by you Darvish, which will happen because he's you Darvish, he's pretty good. Um the offense looks pretty darn good still. Um, it was just Francisco Lindor who was horrifically slumping on that road trip. But I think there are a couple reasons for that. Number one, he shut his finger in a door and maybe he wasn't 100%. That, that, that shit hurts, man. It really uh, does. Oh, I felt that. 
Oh. And number two, Francisco Lindor's home road splits are drastic. Like I tweeted about this the other day because it's gotten to the point where the sample size is kind of big enough for it to be like a thing and not just like some weird random phenomenon. But I don't know like what is driving it. But the home road splits, let me bring it up. I mean, obviously, this does not include today's game, but I tweeted about this. so I have them on hand. It's pretty it's pretty drastic. Which right now he is one and three in this game. Well, and they're back home now, so that's good for him. Uh scroll down through my tweets. Yeah. So uh batting average, 286 at home, 216 on the road. OPS 846 at home, 658 on the road. WRC plus 151 at home, 82 on the road. Oof. BAPIP, 324 at home, 238 on the road. Walk to strikeout ratio, 0.74 at home, 0.32 on the road. My God. It's just like really, really, really drastic. And I can't figure out like what is driving that exactly. Um, Like, and it's kind of weird because obviously City Field is not what one would think of as a, a, you know, a good park for hitters. (laughs) Um, But Francisco Lindor seems to love playing there. Which he's on the Mets, so that's good. But (laughs) he's like the vibes, like he needs like that, you know, the energy from the crowd, the good vibes. He could be a a vibes guy. Um, a a theory on a Mason Avenue slack is that he's a wife guy and he needs his wife and child. (laughs) They were there. They were in LA. They were in the road trip. They were on the road trip. They went to Disneyland, so that kind of does put a dent in that theory. But maybe the wife guy vibes are part of it but yeah just something to keep an eye on it's very odd i don't know exactly what's going on with that but yeah the only one who was really slumping on the road trip was francisco Lindor. but part of the reason was for that was because the mets were on the road and he seems to hate being away from city field um but you know everybody else mostly hitting um jeff mcneil hitting freaking 320 uh pete alonso still red hot J.D. Davis, red hot. Starling Marte, after coming back, red hot. Mark Hanna, red hot. Brandon Nimmo was cold for a while, hot again now. Like, the whole lineup is really hitting, <laughs> which is good. I feel like McNeil and had I, gotten cold and then got hot. Out. Yeah, he was cold too, but he's back hot again, yes. Yeah. It's just, it, I mean, the, what's great about this is that since the pitching is shaky, but the offense has more than kind of pulled them out of it. And I up just up and down. It's just fun to watch these guys. They're it's really they're 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 clicking all together. They really are. And they but don't. Can we also talk about what else is fun? Edwin Diaz striking out Mike Trout. Oh my oh. god! That's oh my god! That was marvelous. <laughs> that five out save that Edwin Diaz got was huge. That was so good. He struck out Mike Trout, and then he struck out the side in the next inning, and he struck out he Brandon struck out Marsh on one hundred and two. Yes, one hundred two oh. miles an hour. And oh. not to mention that he did not have his good slider that night no but he had his good fastball so he just used that and blew guys absolutely away like it was nuts Edwin one being really mike freaking trout oh my god i'm, I'm i, no I have chance. the i have the youtube video of that right now and he's just making trout look stupid 
<laughs> I mean, oh my God, a hundred miles an hour. He got the third strike. He just made Trout look like, oh my God. I said he made Mike Trout look like Mike Nicky or something. How? How? <laughs> how? <laughs> and uh, Trout was red hot. The kid yeah, he was. He hit, like what? He, he, did he hit two home runs or was it one home run? He had two home runs in the one game. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but it, Trout caught fire the day before. So, I mean, Trout's always going to be a threat. Because yes. it's my freaking trout. <laughs> afterwards, I don't know if you saw the post-game interview with Diaz. He had a souvenir hat from Disney on. He had a backpack on. And he's oh like, my oh, God. Yeah, I faced trout before. I knew what to do. And he's like calmly talking about it. Like the vibes were impeccable. Uh this this team's vibes just off the charts. Such a good vibes team. I know we've said this before, but we're like Diaz is just so much happier this year, and it yes, it, it translates on the field. It Edwin absolutely Diaz does. and Jeff McNeil are the biggest turnarounds and vibes from yes. last season to this season by far. Just well, like in part, just because McNeil was having such a bad year last year, especially yeah. for him. Yeah, and. That's definitely not the case this year. Thus, stop trying to hit home runs. He stopped trying yeah. to hit home runs all the time, yeah. and now he's just spraying the ball all over the field again, which is exactly his game. And now he might literally make the All Star team. Speaking of which, there are several Mets that might make the All Star team. Go vote for them. Yeah, go vote for them. <laughs> Voting's he open. Has to. Pete's gonna make it. Um, even though Paul Goldschmidt is like. MVP level good so like that is the only reason why Pete might not start the all-star game but he's going to make it regardless because he has to and then the Mets have like five other players that conceivably could make the team like they've got Jeff McNeil could make the team Brandon Nimmo could make the team Francisco Lindor could make the team Edwin Diaz can make the team Edwin Diaz probably will make the team (laughs) I want them all to make the team Marte I think could be like he could be a sneaky candidate. I think he has an outside chance. The yeah. outfield is difficult. Yeah, because yeah. Harper will probably... Oh, Bill Harper well, Harper will DH. Yeah. Yes. Ugh. Um, Unquestionably, Harper's the starting DH for the National League, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, I think so. But the outfield is kind of the most difficult position to, like, break in, because obviously you've got, like, Mookie Betts is, like, a given. Um, yeah. So... Now, how's Freeman doing? I think oh, he's yeah. having a great year. Yeah, he's doing really well. Let me, yeah, let me go. Look. Base is going to be tough. Then. Let me gonna let me go. Pete. I don't think he's having the. I don't think he has the numbers that Pete has. But and, okay, so or Goldschmidt has. He's got WRC of one thirty one. Well, Pete is also having an MVP type year. Let's not tell Pete short. Yeah, sure. Um, I think he has an outside chance. I, I, it's oh. tough because he's leading the league in home runs and RBI. Yes, yes. I know those aren't like the be all and end all, but I mean it's still a big thing. Yes. Okay. This is this is. Hang on. I gotta do some math that I'm bad at. <laughs> um, I think that like I mean I think if it wasn't for the fact that like Paul Goldschmidt, Mookie Betts, and like Manny Machado are like fully all going off, and Bryce Harper again, although Bryce Harper will be dinged by the fact that he's been DHing the whole time, more or less. Um, it's going to make, it's going to make, uh, if, if things continue as they are now, it's going to make the MVP race in the National League super tough. Um, well, there are also those people who still think you have to make the playoffs, so that might hurt Harper's chance too. Yes, that might. 
Okay. So I did, I did the numbers. Okay. So Alonzo has a, wait for it, a 921 OPS with a 156 WRC plus and a one point, uh, uh, can't speak 1.9 FR. And Freddie Freeman has an 817 OPS with a 131 WRC plus. And I don't know how this works out. He's got a 2.1 FR. I think he's a much better defensive first defender. Yeah, Pete yeah. Alonso. Okay. I think Pete Alonso has really been dinged on the defensive side this year. Which it's not that much. It's 1.9 versus right. 2.1. But 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 his offense, it, that's all offense. Basically, I think yes. he has like negative defensive war. Oh, good God. Or Pete. Yeah, not good. Oh, Pete. Pete, Um, Pete. First base is tough to win an MVP. It's a tough position to win an MVP out of because like you can't like even when you're like really good, a a really good defensive first baseman as both Freddie Freeman and Paul Goldschmidt are. It's hard to like add to your war total like that much as a first baseman, um, even with good defense. But I mean, Paul Goldschmidt is Freeman. Freeman has negative defense right now. Perfect. Does he really? Whoa. Negative two point two. Negative two point four. And Alonzo has uh, (laughs) Alonzo's defense is bad. Really bad. Yeah. (laughs) Negative seven point three. Not good. Not good at all. But I'm I'm surprised at at Freeman being negative. Yeah, me too. I mean, Fangraphs changed the way that they do uh, do war. The defensive side of war is now um, is now based on outs above average rather than UZR. Uh, so that that's going to change the calculus a little bit as far as like I was going to say that's wonky because Goldschmidt's defense is even worse than Alonzo's. He's According still three. He's still three three FR though. <laughs> <laughs> literally paul goldschmidt has a 186 oh, his, wrc plus and that's entirely because of offense yep, yep. oh my god i mean like literally paul goldschmidt is like i would argue the favorite eh, mookie Betts probably because mookie Betts plays a more valuable defensive position and i pro- is i would be shocked if his defense is negative let's um, see let's go peak let's go peak it's not <laughs> Thank God, yeah. somebody. It's 4.4. It is not. Um, so Mookie Betts probably the favor of Paul Goldschmidt. Close second. I don't know. Um, but yeah. Uh, so the Mets have several players who could potentially make the all-star team, which is very exciting. Usually it's like one or two, maybe. It's like DeGrom and it's like the, anybody else. <laughs> it's like, here's your default. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone? Bueller? <laughs> not Walker Bueller. He's hurt. You know, he oh can't my God. <laughs> but, um, tss. um, anyway, <laughs> on that bad joke, oh, uh, geez. <laughs> in, uh, in wider baseball news this week, um, the main story, uh, the main storylines this week all have to do with like minor leagues, uh, in some way. Um, so conditions for minor leaguers continue to be an issue. People aren't talking about it as much, but that doesn't mean it is going away. Um, I, our good friend Kate Feldman actually tweeted about this and her, it, it's it's one of her tweets that's gotten like a lot of attention. Um, but on the uh, Apple TV broadcast for the Rays and Twins, which which I didn't watch because it was concurrent with the Mets Apple TV broadcast. They were actually on at the same time, although I think the Rays Twins game started a little earlier. But um, 
they were concurrent at the same time, but on the Rays and Twins Apple TV broadcast um, over the weekend, they sort of made light of the living situations of minor leaguers and made it into a joke. Like they were laughing about how guys were sleeping in hammocks, like because they were sharing apartments with so many roommates and stuff. And they like made it this funny thing, which is like pretty messed up. How? How do you how do you make light of that? I don't know. I think they were like talking about like, oh, my God, ha ha ha. Like, it's just like college, like so many roommates and sleeping Mm. on a hammock. Like, isn't that weird? Like, which is like not good. Um, That's not even good in college, but right. That's a different in college. You don't have families you have to support. No, especially that. (sighs) And like, you know, your livelihood is not dependent on you, like not screwing up your back by sleeping on a hammock. Yeah. Yeah. Which like so just bad, like, just bad looks all around. I don't know. Like it's just like that that stuff's not a joke. Like can we not do that? Um especially when it's been pointed out that the minor league conditions are such an issue and you have a lot of people advocating that those conditions improve and that's the mainstream reaction to it and that's going to be the mainstream like reaction of the people listening now they're not going to want to learn they're just hearing these guys make fun of it well and it just makes they're not going to want to learn yeah i mean but it makes them also look out of touch like then you're making light of a serious subject that people are working very very hard to change and there has yeah. been some improvement yes there has been and you know and you're just making a flip comment about it like it's it's not a joke yeah and it's it's disappointing because like when you think about when you talk about the, these Apple TV broadcasts, like this is like Melanie Newman doing this. And it's like you're supposed to be like, you know, I'm not trying to say that, like, women have a greater responsibility just because they are women in broadcasting and there aren't that many of them. But like, that's the sad reality of it. Um, there aren't that many women in broadcasting. So when you when you have a poor performance or do something poor, it reflects poorly. <laughs> like it's just not good. Um, and it's, it's going to get blown up worse. I think it's like, of course, a woman said that like, she's never played the game and it's like, yeah, you're just making it harder for everybody now. Yeah. It's frustrating. Uh, that whole thing with, Oh my God, a broadcaster has to play the game. Guys, Gary Cohen didn't play the game. And he's the best broadcaster there is. Yeah. So, shut the heck up on that he's a man so he gets a pass because he probably played little league kellyanne yeah and yet women who played like professional softball like aren't taken seriously um because they didn't play baseball it's just nonsense um but also the advocates for minor leaguers recently tweeted that the athletics have players under contract who have not gotten a paycheck since october 1st Oh, good Lord. It is June 14th as we record this since October 1st. That's unacceptable. Like, and I'm not trying to like, I don't know. And I'm not even trying to specifically like call out the athletics because like Lord knows several organizations have this issue and like all organizations, including the athletics, despite them crying poor constantly can afford to pay minor leaguers a living wage, let alone pay them, period. Please. Ridiculous. Like, this is this is people's livelihoods, and you're just, like, withholding it? 
Like, why? In the athletic center, they traded away how many people they what their payroll is like something ridiculous. Yeah, they're like, one of the lowest payrolls. Yeah. Yeah. And like they're bad. Yeah, you're at the bare bones of your organization here, and you still don't have money to pay your minor leaguers. Come on. They just and I believe keep, they want to keep the, the money for themselves. That's well, I, yeah. greed, pure greed, pure and simple. And I believe uh, the athletics were one of the teams specifically called out on the on the subpar facilities for women, by the way. So yes, they have right. subpar facilities just in general, in general. But, you know, uh, strike two <laughs> athletics, <laughs> you know what? Ha- you're a baseball team. You know what happens when you have three strikes. So just eyes on you. Um, they have so- the second lowest payroll in baseball. Yeah. At 35, about 35.4 Who's million. Who's the lowest? Reds? Orioles? Nope. Orioles yeah. at 29.7. That's it. That's incredible. Million. 29.7. Oh. For, for <sighs> the New York Mets have the top. Um, Wait a minute. How is this? Oh, my God. Wait a minute. Sorry. I'm looking at the wrong column. No, but it's still right. Okay. Sorry. Let me do the total. I was looking at the wrong column. My apologies. It's still, it's still the A's and the Orioles in last place, but the athletics have a $48 million payroll and the Orioles have a 46.4. It was like 29 seems million. really low, even for the Orioles. Yeah. Yeah. But- sorry. That's, that's the current payroll, the current 26 man payroll. I was looking yeah. at the, not the total payroll, which for comparison, the New York Metropolitans are the highest paid payroll, the highest payroll in baseball at 260.2, about two, five million. <sighs> Keeping that in God. the back of our minds when we are talking about uh, this is kind of side tangent. Mets related tangent. But when we're talking about adding guys at the deadline, the Mets are like right up against the Cohen tax at this point. Like they are very close. I know that you said 260 something. And I think the Cohen tax is like 290. It seems like they have wriggle room. But again, you're ta- you're talking about the 26 man payroll, which is not the mm-hmm. same thing as the payroll that counts toward the competitive balance tax there's it's like a different number and they are like right up against that threshold depending on like what source you use like cots contracts or spot rack or whatever it is yeah i'm using Um, spot rack right now because the 26 man payroll is the current roster this is not counting the injured crew which will add another about 84 million when they return Right. Well, didn't Cohen say he didn't care? <laughs> he said he didn't care. He said he didn't care. So we'll but see. But I think it was recently he just said something. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Um, it was in the post, I think. Yeah, I think it was. T- it was today. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Yes. Good. Excellent. We love to see that. Hopefully he means it. Um, But it's something to keep in mind. Um, But the other, like, I would argue bigger story that came out of the minor leagues um this week is um Britt Greely of the Athletic wrote a f- this is just fantastic reporting by the way like the story is horrible but the the reporting very good Britt continues to do a fantastic job i really admire her work and i we will obviously link this piece um in the show notes and in the tweets you should read it because it's just really good reporting um but she wrote a piece about um a minor league announcer um who reported a sexual assault by a player on the team that she announced for um and ended up losing her job 
Um, and she felt like it was retaliation for reporting the incident, which based on, you know, all the details that came out in the reporting seems like she's not being paranoid about that. Like, it seems like that's probably what happened. Uh, I mean, an MLB agreed. Up. I was going to say an MLB agreed with her because they, I believe, suspended that player. Well, yeah, the player did actually, uh, unlike a lot of times, the player did actually face consequences for this. The player in question was punished and was punished severely for this incident, which no one like I don't this isn't a question of like people denying that it happened because no one seems to deny that it happened. Like there are witnesses to this and and tons of corroborating evidence like this assault occurred. Um, and it's just retaliation that's the problem the pro- that's the issue yeah yeah in this case it is an issue that she was retaliated against by the team so what ha- basically what happened was um and i'm not going to go into the details of the assault which are horrible and you can read about them in the piece um that you know they were in a hotel room and the players invited her back to hang out and this one particular player um assaulted her um and was punished for it and was is no longer, I believe, even with that organization. So this is a by the way, this is a Cleveland Guardians minor league organization. Um, Shocker. So, yeah. Again, we, we, we've got the uh, the the team that one of the teams that employed Mickey Calloway. So not a good record for the Cleveland Guardians organization here. So this is a Cleveland Guardians affiliate um, that she was broadcasting for um, and all of a sudden, one day in the aftermath of the assault, she, you know, looked like someone sent her a screenshot of a LinkedIn post of her job, like that was posted online. Like her job was like, here's a job available. And she was like, I thought that was my job. And so she went to them um, about this and asked them, like, hey, why is my job online? And they were like, oh, we just assumed you weren't coming back next season. And she was like, why would you assume that? Like I like you could have just asked me me, and they just posted the job and didn't ask her, which is wild. And what an awful way to find out, too. It's like, right. Like, this is like cowardly, just awful. And they claim so they claim the team claims uh, that the um, that the job was being basically downgraded from like a full-time position to one that a doesn't travel on the road. So the announcer is no longer traveling and B is hourly instead of like a salary. So they were like, Oh, we just kind of assumed that you wouldn't want that anymore because it's basically being downgraded the position. And we thought that you wouldn't want to talk to the person about it. Don't just throw up a job listing which is just an incredibly Without, weak <sighs> excuse. Yeah, um, that's what it is. Yeah. It's excuses. And the woman, you know, who who, who this happened to t- said like this, you know, they, they say that, but I think it's because they don't want the broadcaster to be a liability on the road because, you know, what happened to her happened, the assault happened on the when the team was on the road at a hotel, right? And yes, so because we can't tell men to, you know, not assault people. God right. Yeah. So instead of, you know, instead of like, sending the message of like, we're going to tell men not to assault people. We're going to send the message of, oh, we're not going to bring the female broadcaster on the road because she's a liability to us because the, the players will be the temptress, her, which is like, she'll be the temptress to the players or something. Which is like oh so God. fucking ridiculous. Um, so now you're victimizing her again. 
Exactly. Trevor Bauer was on the Cleveland Indians, and one of his accusers was, I believe, from that time, that era of his career. Huh. No, the Reds. Was it the Reds? Yeah, it was the yeah. Reds. It was okay. I thought it was the yeah. Indians. I mean, it was Ohio, but yeah, the Reds. Oh, Mio, oh, Mayo. Oh, Ohio. But, um, but anyway, I, I want to read, I, I obviously like you should read the entire piece, but I want to read this quote in particular from the piece, which is a quote from another female minor league broadcaster, of which there are only like three or four of them in the entire minor leagues, by the way. Um, and so this was a quote from another female minor league broadcaster who actually uh, Sheridan, the last name of the woman in question, uh, who this happened to Sheridan called this other woman at like right after the assault occurred and called her in like tears. And she was the one that she relied on um, and helped her like go to the police and everything, which, by the way, like she says that Cleveland, the Cleveland Guardians and Major League Baseball, like on their end of it, like were fully cooperative and like helped her with the like going to the police and deciding whether to press charges and everything like that. It seems like as far as like punishing the player, everything went okay. It's more just like this retaliation for the job. But anyway, so this other broadcaster said, quote, it makes me wonder if people understand when you hire women to do these jobs, they are going to take bullets and you need to be able to support them. Everything's adds up to Lynchburg punishing her Lynchburg being the, the team minor league team. That or just the system we are stuck in that's punishing her. She should have been able to get a job in baseball. She shouldn't have this cloud hanging over her. So she was she had trouble getting another job after this, even like so not only did she lose her job, she had trouble getting another job because she had to explain why she suddenly didn't like was like dropped from, you know, from this broadcasting gig she had before. Um. So it's just rough. I mean, she has a job now as an NWSL broadcaster, which is the women's soccer professional soccer league, which is great. Um, And she said, quote, I'm out of baseball now, so I feel safe, which is just like gut wrenching. That's a gut wrenching quote. And how like you're not. But like we said, there's not a lot of women already in the game and now you I mean, you purposely forced somebody out. Like, that's what it is. And then yep. you made her help. You made her relive the trauma when she was trying to fight for her job. or And then she had to explain to other people. So you just, like, compounded her pain. Yep. It's just, Multiple it's, times. It's just a sign that the, the culture on the whole is still quite bad. And that's not surprising, quite frankly. However, I mean hopefully it's a shame that women have to share these experiences to maybe make improvements, but maybe people in the industry will start to see that, Hey, things we need to a stop victim blaming B tell these jackass players to, you know, just not assault somebody understand that if someone's uncomfortable with something and says so to listen, she was explicitly clear that she was not comfortable with the situation she was in. Um, and apparently that was, but, that, but, but they ended up taking, making that her problem. Yes. Yes. And yep. it's just like, it's horrible. It's like the solution isn't to support women. The solution is to be like, this woman is the problem and to, to chase her out. Um, which is just awful. And it's just like, you know, it just goes to show that like, 
simply hiring women is not enough. Like this woman was hired, obviously, and I'm sure they patted themselves on the back robustly when they did so. Oh, the first the first female announcer in this team's history. And I think even the like entire Cleveland Guardians, like minor league system history, um, you know, in franchise history, first female announcer. Look how great we are with this. Look what happened. And so I think there's just, only one of three in, in the entire minors. In the something. entire minor leagues, I think there's only three. Yeah, it's like three yeah. or four. Um, and so it just goes to show that like simply hiring women is not enough. You have to like address the, the, the culture, like Kellyanne said, and these systemic issues and give them the support they need. Again, this is the same. This goes back to the inadequate facilities that we talked about last week. Like you can hire women, but if they have no support system in place, they're not going to stay and they're not going to feel welcome in their job. Well, and that's the same issue the Mets had for so long with their toxic culture. Exactly. And it seems, crossing my fingers, it seems to be changing. From... It seems to be changing, but the Mets just announced today that Jose Reyes is going to be part of Old Timers oh. Day. Yep. So again, you claim you're changing the culture, but you're welcoming back this abuser with open arms and continue to embrace him. Well, most fans are happy about it, too. Yeah, and most fans are happy about it. So there are some what he did there on are the field some... supersedes anything he did off of it, which is right. also the mentality that most fans have. Correct. Also, seriously, if he helps I, your team I, win, that's all that matters. Ugh. God help us. Yeah, it's just you know, it's and now you have, and now you like, and now you have this woman who was a rising talent by all accounts seemed like she was really good at her job actually um now is in a different sport entirely and whose fault is that it's baseball for chasing her out now she feels safe because she's broadcasting for women's soccer none of those players are gonna assault her oh so just this male-dominated industry is very resistant to any kind of change. Right. And until you change the culture, the surrounding circumstances and give like women and anybody who's a non-white cis heterosexual dude, the support they need, like you can hire, you can hire marginalized people, but they're not going to stay because they're going to, it's just a hostile environment for them all the way around. It's a hostile environment. Baseball is a hostile environment for anyone who is not a white guy who is straight and cis, period. And it continues to be that way, even though there have been strides made. It's not enough. And they wonder why they can't grow the game. But it's like, well, you alienate how many people at this point? Seriously, especially the female fan base. Yep. Yep. But. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really like we obviously in the limited time that we have on this show can't fully like unpack the entire article. Um, I highly recommend that you read it because Brit continues to do really good reporting on this. Obviously, it was Brit who did most of the reporting on the Mickey Calloway stuff um, on a lot of the Jerry Porter stuff. Um, so she continues to be like an absolutely key voice in this in this arena. Um, and I really recommend her work and you should keep reading it. So 
Yeah. Um, also what sucks is, you know, we're all outraged now, but are the guardians going to do anything? Probably, probably not. not. Or is just, there going to be any repercussions for the men that fired her? No, no. I mean, the only the only positive thing I see is that, like, she got a profile in the athletic, which probably wouldn't have happened five years ago. Yeah. Everyone probably would have ignored her. There wouldn't have been a reporter who would have even wanted to tell her story, like because all the baseball reporters are, you know, predominantly also like cis white dudes. <laughs> so. Yeah. like they're not interested in this minor league broadcaster who had a a horrible like thing happen to her that that's just not a story that they care about telling whereas so that's like why diversity matters in the media too because then these stories get told so at least there's that um that's step one but now step two is there has to be follow-through and that seems to be like where where we always get stuck we get stuck yes (laughs) actually following through with the change yeah yeah because then it's just gonna happen to somebody else but you know meanwhile we will continue to scream into the void about it i suppose or whatever (laughs) for whatever good that does we will keep screaming into the void about it um but we will end the show this week like we always do with walk-off wins where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week baseball related or otherwise kellyanne healy what is your walk-off win for this week I'm going to cheat. I have three. Um, The first one happened most recently today. Uh, This morning. In (laughs) fact, I went up to Linda's library and got to do a music and movement class there outside with a lot of people. A lot of people showed up. Yes. That's awesome. And it it was very fun. Um, I was sweating buckets by the end. But I put my sunscreen. I brought my sunscreen this week. So it was just it was a lot of fun. And seeing Linda in person is always a joy, especially like since last week, I hadn't seen her or seen you in person. What, Lynn, in like over six was, months? I was going to say, no, I think the, the Apato event. Apato event. Was yeah. Last time we saw each other. Oh, good Lord. Almost a year. OK. Yeah. It's, it's been way too long. It's been way too long. Uh, moral of the story. So that is the first one. My second one is an outreach visit I did last week telling um, students about our summer reading program. There was one boy who is a struggling reader who kind of didn't know about the library, but just got so excited when I was telling him what was there, what we had planned for the summer. He's like, I'm going to stop by as soon as I can. So to get that kind of interest from someone who may not go to the library because they're not comfortable with reading um, and don't know what the library offers um, to get that feedback was fantastic. And I'm going to make sure I'm going to go to the same school on Friday. I'm going to find him and be like, did you go to the library? I want to see you there. Um, So that is my second walk off win. And my third one which is my biggest one is that I got a very, very big scholarship from Rutgers um, in part just to do um, to carry out a project related to my degree and actually related to um, children in the libraries. So I'm very excited about that. And it was it's it's a it's a $10,000 scholarship, which I was just like, yay, because that takes care of most of my tuition for 
next year, which is clearly the money's the most important thing in this. It's not, it's not money's just a bonus, quite frankly. So yes, I'm just very excited about all things. June has been a great month for me personally. That's awesome. I'm so proud of you. Yes. Yes, And thank thank you you. for saving my bacon. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't save you. I wish I, I wish I could come up more. Oh my God. Gas needs to stop being so high priced. I know, but no, you, but you were an incredible help to me and I appreciate it. I'm glad we love our library friends doing good things. <sighs> Linda, get the, get, Linda, get the bubble machine. Linda, get the yes. bubble machine. <laughs> Linda Servich, what is your walk-off win for this week? Well, it won't be the Rangers this week. I can oh. tell you. R. Yeah, R. well, maybe the Rangers. Um, <laughs> um, it was a good run, even though I'm so pissed of how it how it all went down. But anyway, I'm moving on. Um, my niece had a dance recital on Sunday. <laughs> um, and I always cry at these damn things. <laughs> they're, they're so sweet. And especially when like the, the really little ones come out and like, they just sit there like jumping and like tapping their feet, and <laughs> like big tutus. And it's so cute. And, but Em did a really good job, but she always just looks so serious um, when she's out there. It's like, oh, I, I put like, I think she's having fun, but she, you know, she's really like concentrating. And she just wants I was going to say she's, sure. fo- she's focusing and she wants to get it right. But yeah, that's the thing. Like she's so she really, really wants to get like all the steps down and like get them right. And um, she got picked to go on the competition team now. So <gasps> yeah, that's awesome. She must be doing well. So it's a proud aunt moment for me on, on Sunday. Um, Love it. And <laughs> since I was upset about the Rangers, my sister texted me. She goes, oh, I think this will help cheer you up. Because <laughs> then afterwards, the Mets were on Sunday Night Baseball that night um, after M's recital. So Marie put it on and... M goes, I hate when they're on this channel. <gasps> yes. So much and they never talk about the mess. <laughs> oh, yes, M. Oh. I was like, Emily. You go, yeah. girl. I was like, she's learning. I was like, you are a quick learner. <laughs> so I was like, they got, they got taken down by an eight-year-old. <laughs> M slamming the table. Bring back Gary, Keith, and Ron. Where's Gary, Keith, and Ron? <laughs> I will oh. ta- I I was just... The, one the children are our thing. future. <laughs> really? Yes. The one tiny thing that made me happy about the ESPN broadcast on Sunday, and literally this is just because of the timing of it. It was like the first game in two weeks that wasn't after eight o'clock. That wasn't like at 10 o'clock at night. Yes, that was the same increase. <laughs> and they actually won that game, which was wild. Yes. <laughs> I'm so the then- only one who likes West Coast road trips. I accept this. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't like them in the sense that, like, like I know they're exhausting for the team. And so, like, I get that it's always a rough patch in the schedule for the team because it's a lot of travel. They're jet lagged and all that stuff. But I like late night baseball because I'm a weird night owl sicko. <laughs> well, it didn't help that, like. The Rangers get eliminated. They play awful. They get eliminated. I'm like, well, the Mets are on the West Coast. Now I can watch the Mets. And I put it on, and they're losing like seven to two. Well, oh, God Jesus. damn it. Yeah. You hit the I bad game. I like throw my TV out the window. 
Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> even the Mets, I have to count on you to bring me joy now. And you weren't even bringing me joy. They will bring well, you been, joy. I was going to say they have been bringing us all joy more this more year than, than years not. previous. And yes. more often yes. than not this year. Well, they bought me joy the next day. They did make up for it. Yeah. It was just that night when I needed the joy. They did not bring it. <laughs> and they are officially one out from winning this game today. Um, oh, good. It is I the top of the ninth. Drew Smith is pitching. It's still four nothing. Why did they just show Edwin Diaz warming up? Oh, did they? did they? I mean, Drew Smith I don't is know, pitching. But Drew Smith is according in this game. to game day. Drew Smith is pitching. I yes. So maybe maybe Diaz was warming and they decided not to put him in. I don't know. Maybe he's warming in case Drew oh, Smith gives up. On. I assume that yeah, like Diaz was probably warming in case Drew Smith like gives up a run or something. Um. Well, and good for Bassett, too. Bassett had an incredible out. A great bounce back yes. game from Chris Bassett. We love to see that. Um, so, yeah, the Mets are the Mets are, are back to bringing us joy. One out away from or one strike away now from, you know, uh, clinching this first game of the um, of the series against the Brewers. So that's really good to see. Although they showed Browdy to in the uh, on deck circle. Um, and when I went to Pittsburgh last year, um they were happened to be playing the pirates are playing the brooders, the brewers. And he hit one like out of the stadium. Rowdy Tellez hit some big boy dingers. That is for dang sure. Um, they won. <laughs> oh yeah. That's books. Okay. Yeah. Books in the books. Put it in the books. Heck yeah. Oh, I do want, cause M really likes narco and I'm just, I want to go to a game when her first game, I want her to see Pete hit a home run. Cause Pete's her favorite. And I want Edwin Diaz to come in because she loves narco. <laughs> yeah, so John M needs to see narco. And my poor nephew, like uh, he's he's starting to play. He they signed him up for T-ball in I think the fall. <gasps> Yay! And my sister said when they could like they form a T and everything, and he still pretends he's dumb. Oh, I was like, oh no, poor Danny. Because I think he likes Dom because he has a cousin named Dom. So I said, like, oh, oh, poor Danny. He needs a new favorite player. He'll be back, I think. Yeah, yeah. he'll be, be back. Or maybe like when we go, maybe he'll see somebody do something and like he'll get a new favorite player. But poor Danny. <laughs> Mets are 41 and 22, folks. It's good. I love it. Um, yeah, so the Braves can win all they want, but the Mets keep winning. You know? Yeah, it doesn't winning. matter. And it yeah, the, the Mets can render this this Braves winning streak irrelevant if they so choose. Their their yeah, fate is still the in their own gonna, hands. Yeah, the Braves are going to lose again eventually. I not think. to the goddamn Nationals, they're not, but eventually. Oof. They uh, do play the Giants and Braves, I think, next week. Uh, the Dodgers and the Giants, yes. Yes, that's why I bet you have the Dodgers. The Braves oh are playing. Wait, I was Dodgers. I was going to say, is this the first time the Braves and the Dodgers are meeting this year? It's not, right? Uh, I'm I not can't sure. remember. Just just because of the Freeman reunion. Yes, yes I'm not sure. I want to see the fireworks. Um, but anyway, um, my, the month of June has not been very kind to me. <laughs> but oh, no. I will say that. Uh, I did have a nice moment over the weekend um, that that is representing my walk off win for this week, which is that Michael and I attended the March for Our Lives rally here in D.C. For those of you not familiar with that, it's, you know, the organization that was formed by survivors of the Parkland shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School um, and continues to advocate for 
um, for, you know, stricter gun laws um, and, you know, in the aftermath of Uvalde and Buffalo and all the recent shootings uh, that we sadly still deal with in America because this country is like deeply messed up. Um, they had another big like March for Our Lives this year. So Michael and I went because it was in D.C. and we live here. So we were like, let's go. Um, so obviously the circumstances that we were there were not very happy, but there was a very happy moment where um, I just hear Allison and I turn around and it's <laughs> my coworker who I've never met in person because, you know, the reality of COVID and remote work is that I have only met a small handful of my coworkers, like the people I work like immediately with, because um, now I'm going to the office once a week. But even still, like even during that time when I'm in the office once a week, I'm only interacting with the people who like work in my little office suite, which is like, you know, the people who I work most often with, but a minority of my overall coworkers. Um, most of my coworkers actually work in a completely different part of the NIH campus. So I like never see them because I'm never in that building. There's no reason for me to be over there. So um, I've never met most of them in real life, despite seeing them on Zoom ev almost every day. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we hugged and it was like really nice. Like it was this person who I feel like I know very well, but like I've never met her in real life. Um, and it, like the, the odds of that happening in a crowd of 50,000 people are like pretty infinitesimally small. So that was just like a cool little moment that happened to me while we were there. Um, so that's my walk off one for this week. Um, but in the meantime, you can read about the New York Mets who are good at amazingavenue.com. Uh, we've got all of all sorts of fantastic content for you as always game recaps. I've got your weekly meters. We've got daily morning news posts, all that good stuff over at amazing Avenue. You can follow amazing Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at amazing Avenue. You can follow this show on Twitter at a pot of their own. You can follow Linda and I on Twitter. I am at petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Servage. And Kellyanne is in the Amazing Avenue comments. You can find her there, but you can also find her definitely not on the pod of their own. <laughs> <laughs> not there. I'm not there. That's not my burner account or anything like that. Never, never there. You can never, never there. there. No. Um, nope, but you nope, nope. Not Kellyanne. <laughs> But you can email the show, own at gmail.com. You can also reach us that way. We love getting emails from you guys. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. It really helps people find the show if you rate and review it. So please do that as well. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in the podcast.